This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you. Glad you came out to church, but I'm glad you came to celebrate our 25 or 21 years with us. Bless all of you. If you need a Bible, once you get your hand up real high, our ushers would get you a Bible. Once you get it, go to uh, go with me to the 103rd Psalm, and uh, I'm going to try to get there as quick as I can for a couple of reasons. One, it'll kind of give you an idea where we're going for the next few weeks. But the quicker I get there, the quicker I won't cry. So we better get there. A little tearful morning for me, which is good. You know, sometimes when I look at just how tangible God is, it's amazing to me. So we have all these teenagers that have come back from youth camp, just full of God, full of the Holy Spirit. And I believe it's very important that we as the adults, we don't try to suppress their excitement for God. We ought to welcome it. Do you know, in my life, there's been a several times that when I've seen a move of God take place within teenagers, the church just blows up in a good way. Just because of the youth are excited, so I welcome all that. But the way God connects the dots is even in this series here, I believe some of the stuff that God started in many of these teenagers will even be solidified even more and more even through this morning. So we start in the 103rd Psalm, 103, verses 1 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, I I will bless his his holy name. Now, this is the King David, and he's saying, man, with everything within me, within my inner being, I mean, I I bless the Lord. And that's how I am am this morning. I'm, I'm very grateful for the, the faithfulness of God. Just incredible that it, it is a, a passion and it is an affection coming out of me right now to say, thank you. I, I don't know if you've ever been grateful to God. Man, I, I, that's one of the reasons I've wept this morning. I, I am so blessed. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. My life is so blessed because of God. And King David goes on and says in verse two, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Everything's within me. And he said, and forget not all his benefits. Now, I don't know if you knew this or not, but God is a God of benefits. God is a God of allowances. God wants to take care of us. You know, many times when you go to a job, one of the first things you ask is, what's your benefits? Well, when you get born again into the kingdom of God, you become a child of God, a son of God, or not. You come under God's benefits. God has a benefit plan. Now, I'm going to read the next couple verses very fast, and then we'll come back to verse 3. And forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like eagles. Now, there's five of them. Good news, I'm not taking all five of them today. We're going to be here for several weeks, so what we're going to do is each week, we're going to take one of his benefits. So I go back to verse 3. The very first one that King David mentions is he says, he forgives all your iniquities. He, He pardons all of my sins. 
Now, just off of that right there, remember, God is a God of benefits. And so reading this, and I, I, I think some of us really need to let this sink in us here today. God wants to forgive us. God wants to forgive you. So I don't get hung up in this thing called life. And so right here he says he forgives your iniquities. So what do we got to do is we've got to define iniquities. Iniquities is a form of sin. You have sin, you have transgressions, and you have iniquities. So what happens to us as human beings, we start sinning. And then we begin to practice sin. Where these sins that we practice start becoming a tendency. They become a, a lifestyle. Maybe, maybe a negative uh, pattern or behavior in your life. And so it keeps going on and gone until ultimately it's almost predictable. The iniquity. Another nef- a definition of iniquity is to bend or to twist. So when you have a prevailing wind, that tree begins to bend. Little at a time, little at a time. Until it's predictable. So what happens is us with human beings, because of these sins called iniquities, we begin to bend toward those. Now I'm probably going to blow you away with this statement. But I believe every one of us in here have to deal with some form of a generational iniquity. Every one of us. Why do you say that? Well, in Romans 3, verse 23, the apostle Paul said this, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So if all have sinned, then there are sin patterns that get unleashed into our family bloodlines. And I've been around people before that thought they were this special that, oh no, not in my family. Oh no, we don't have anything wrong with my family. Well, yeah, you do. You're full of pride and you're full of religion. So when I begin to look at this and I begin to study this, these are characteristics in a sinful way that become hereditary in our bloodline. If you go to a doctor in the natural and you've had issues within your life, the doctor starts asking you questions. And one of the first questions he asks is, tell me about your family's history. Why? Because in the natural, many things that we go through are hereditary. They're given to us. So what do I do with these iniquities? Well, one of the first things I think is very important is that we acknowledge iniquities or we actually recognize certain tendencies or patterns in my bloodline. Where you can look and identify and say, yeah, I see that in my bloodline. Now, this is very, very easy for me to preach on. Easy. Because I know what it is to follow a generational iniquity. I fought a generational iniquity in my own life. And it was a thing called alcohol. And when I begin to trace my bloodline... That iniquity came right through my mother's side of the family, mainly through a grandfather. Now, when I I realized that my grandfather died at a young age of, of liver failure because of alcohol, 
I realized that had been handed down to me. There's many of you in here that have different forms of generational iniquity. And I believe everyone has something. You may deal with anger. You may deal with hatred. Do you know, I've seen and witnessed generational iniquity in a form called prejudice. My granddad hated these people. My dad hated these people, and I hated them. It could be addictions, alcohol, drugs. It could be sexual sin. Oftentimes when I find, and I don't just say men anymore, but I say men and women that get caught up in pornography, it's usually generational iniquity that's been handed down. Okay? So I'm highlighting all these because, again, I've got to recognize those and acknowledge I have this in my bloodline. Now, what you're going to see this morning, the Bible's going to come alive to you. The Bible is going to begin to answer questions and help us resolve this. So we go to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 5. Deuteronomy chapter 5. And when you get to Deuteronomy 5, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, right there in the first part of the uh, Old Testament. When you get to Deuteronomy 5, actually this is the Ten Commandments that you would find in Exodus 20. Again, the Ten Commandments. I didn't say the Ten Suggestions. It didn't say the ten multiple choice. Pick three and the rest of them just blow them off. The Ten Commandments. Deuteronomy 5, verse number 9. You shall not bow to them nor serve them, speaking of idols. An idol is anything or anyone that replaces God in my life. Don't bow to them. For I, the Lord your God, I'm a jealous God. I don't know that that really soaks into us. We ought to shout about that. You know why? Because God is so loyal. He doesn't want to search or share us with anybody. God says, that's my boy. That's my girl. I created him. And in our world, there's a lot of knockoff gods. But there's only one real one. Only one real one. And you young ones don't believe the lie. There's a lot of different ways to get to heaven. Just one. John 14, 6, the Lord Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. The only way to the Father is through the Son. Keep reading. Visiting or punishing the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and the fourth generations. Now it's interesting, he said he would visit the children because of the iniquities of their fathers. Now some translation says their ancestors. I like the message. It says because of their parents. And so there's this predisposition to sin that comes Right through our bloodline. Visiting the iniquities of the Father. He goes on to say, to those who hate me, better stated, those who reject me. They reject the things of God. And so because of that, I walk as a generational curse or in a generational curse. Verse 10. 
But God shows mercy to the thousands. God's mercy is a thousand times more powerful than the iniquities of the sins of her fathers. There's few of you who are happy about that. Now look what he ends this part here in verse 10. To those who love me and those who keep or obey or observe my commandments. So the way the generational curse is broken or flipped one way is when God sees the heart of a human being that says, you know what, Father God, I'm going to love you. And not only am I going to love you, I'm going to obey you. I'm going to serve you with a passion. Now turn with me to the book of Lamentations, and some of you are saying, Lamin what? Lamentations, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations. If you got to Ezekiel, you've gone too far. Lamentations. You know, one time I was speaking on, you're going to Lamentations 5. I was speaking on this, and I got all goofed up. Got all goofed up with the word Lamentations, and so instead of Lamentations, I was, I was not lamenting. I, I began to use a different word, and I lost my train of thought on the word I was using. But, oh, I laminated them. And when I said it, I remembered, that didn't sound right. Lament, but I kept saying laminate. And one of my praise and worship guys was sitting right there, and I could see his shoulders. He started chuckling, and I thought, ah, I speak for a living. It's okay. That had nothing to do with what I was talking about. Lamentations chapter 5, verse 7. Pay real close attention to this. Our fathers, our ancestors, they sinned, but they're no more. What's no more? Our ancestors, you know why? They died. They're in their eternal home, either heaven or hell. But it says something interesting, he said, and they are no more. But the sins they committed are still more. They're still here. Now, when I read this here, this is not to be able to blame our parents. Actually, if you want to cross-reference that, just look at that in Jeremiah 3.25, and you'll see what he's talking about. It wasn't a means for me to say, it's my dad's fault. That's an easy way out. You know, if you've had a father or a grandfather, grandmother that's come uh, generational stuff to you, forgive them. Don't blame them. Forgive them. You know why I say that? Because I believe they were probably given that same disposition to sin. Verse 7, back to it. But we bear or we carry their iniquities. A great cross off of that is Jeremiah 16, 12, when you read that. So it's interesting right here. He's saying, we bury or we carry their iniquities. So what happens is when we get born into this world, there's this disposition to sin on us, and it's kind of like a backpack. And it just walks around with you day by day by day by day, and it'll stay with you, and it will begin to dictate certain areas of your life. Now, when you begin to see these generational iniquities in progress, there's something we can do about it. I don't have to live that way. 
And there, there's generational history makers all over this room right here. Turn with me to the book of Leviticus, chapter 26. And you say, man, Pastor, you're going all over the place. Genesis, Exodus, Exodus, Leviticus. Leviticus 26. So what you're getting ready to see is what the Bible tells me and you to do. It's going to be very plain. You're going to look, if you've never seen this, and you're going to, bing! The lights of revelation knowledge are going to flow to you today, okay? Not because of me, but because of the Word of God. Verse number 39. And those of you who are left shall waste, shall rot, or pine away in their iniquity. My iniquity has the ability to cause my life to rot away. Ouch. Just for a little bit. And they will rot away in their iniquity in your enemies' lands. Also, in their father's iniquities. Also, in their father's iniquities which are with them. But my father's dead and he's no more. But the iniquities of the father, it says right here, they're with them. They go with us. We inherit them, that predisposition to sin. They shall waste or rot or pine away. Now watch this. Watch the truth. But if they confess their iniquity, so if I confess my iniquity, guess what that is? That's not only acknowledging my iniquities, that's taking responsibility. And if they confess their iniquity, and if they confess the iniquity of their fathers with their unfaithfulness in which they were also unfaithful to me and they have walked contrary to me, and I also walk contrary to them. Why do I have to confess the iniquity of my father? Because it's never been confessed. The only way my sin is forgiven is I must confess and I must repent. Let me ask you something right now. This may be a biblical truth to come to. Have you ever confessed your iniquities? Let's take another step. Have you ever confessed the iniquities of your fathers? So here's what's got to take place on this. There comes a place in my life where I get around God. And I say, Father God, reveal every iniquity within me and in my bloodline. Now, this was a couple years ago. I was with a group of pastors and we were praying. And we got over praying for the men of iron that year. And we begin to confess our iniquities and the iniquities of our fathers. When I started praying, it was like an AK-47. You ought to heard all the stuff I was spitting out of my mouth. I said, Holy Spirit, reveal everything in my bloodline. You know what I found out real quick? I had some crazy kinfolk. I mean, some of the stuff that was coming out of me, I was looking at those guys like, dear Jesus. I take ownership. Notice it didn't say blame someone else. It says, you confess. 
verse 41 or verse 42. Then I will remember my covenant with Jacob, my covenant with Isaac, my covenant with Abraham. I will remember. God is not a covenant breaker. God is a God that when people repent, even when we fail God and we've abandoned God, God will welcome you back in and you come back into his covenant. Proverbs 28, 13 says this, He who covers his sin shall not prosper, but the one who confesses and forsakes the sin, he shall have mercy. Fifteen years ago, in that, about that time frame, I was speaking at the Men of Iron in Glorieta, New Mexico. The year I spoke on this, I, I began to speak very similar passages of Scripture that we're speaking on today. Almost identical. And so I had an altar call for this. And I, I can still see pictures in my mind of all those men coming. They're, they're jammed at the altar. They're in the aisles standing before God. Probably at least four, maybe 500 men. And we are walking through the Bible here. And I said, what I said to you. Have you ever confessed your iniquity? Have you ever confessed the sins of your fathers? So they're coming to the altar to confess. So as they're coming, I, I sensed an incredible anointing like behind me. I was on a platform very similar to this. But behind me, it was like, man, I could sense God. But every time, it's like an imaginary line. I would get like right here. I could sense the forces of darkness just in an incredible way. It was like, here, God, here, the enemy. Huge move of heaven. So after it was over, many of you have been around our friend named Kelly Castleman, who's the seer. He sees in the spirit realm. He's got two books out. Just incredible man of God. After the service was over, I said, I gotta find him. So I caught him. I said, I need to answer you to answer some questions for me. So I told him what I was sensing. I said, back here was God. He said, Oh yeah. Yeah. He said, There were there were masses of angels that day. And he said, They were angels with their swords. They were warring angels. And he said, They were there in force. And I said, Okay, okay. So when I got right here and I sensed the, the demonic power coming this way, I said, what was going on? He said, yeah. He said, there was a lot of demon activity. And I said, why? He said, you must understand this, that when you deal with generational iniquities, you're dealing with demons that have been in family bloodline for hundreds of years. And he said, they think they own your bloodline. So they don't like to go easy. And he said, that's what you were beginning to sense in an incredible way. But God said he would forgive if we would confess. Now go into, way back into the New Testament, 1 John. Almost to Revelations. 1 John chapter 1. Now watch what the Bible tells us. 1 John chapter 1. You know another thing he told me? 
There's a definition in the Bible you'll hear periodically. It's called familiar spirits. Those spirits become very familiar with you and your bloodline. They know us. They know what we're coming out of or into even. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. This is the message we've heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in God is no darkness at all. Not in any way. God is perfect in holiness. If we say that we have fellowship with him, but we walk in darkness or we continue to live a life of sin, we lie and we do not practice or live the truth of the gospel. See, it's one thing to confess Jesus. It's another thing to live for him. Verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Now watch this, watch this, close. And the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son, cleanses us from all sin. Not just the little sin. He said he cleanses us from all sin. Now you can get excited about this, okay? I, I welcome you to get excited. I mean, we might as well usher in the black church and you can wave at me here because I'll get I'll really start preaching you do that. Amen. The blood of Jesus washes from all sin. All sin. Well, preacher, I don't know that God would wash my no, that's not what he said. He said the blood of Jesus will wash from all sin. Now, if you were to ever get real, real close to me, a lot of times on Sunday morning, you would probably see these little spots all over my shirt called coffee. Two reasons for that. One, I have a hole in my lip. And two, I do not believe in lids. But I could take you over to my office right now. In the top drawer of my office... I have a thing called a stain stick. And I take that stain stick and I'll mark my shirt. I'll get those coffee spots. Every now and then I'll get into one that's really, really entrenched in there. So I really have to... The blood of Jesus is the stain stick to all sin. Little ones or ones that are even entrenched. Because he said, the blood, the blood, the blood cleanses us from all sin. Now truth, if we say that we have no sin, if we've refused to admit we have no sin, we deceive or delude ourselves and the truth is not in us. That's the robe of humility, I believe. When I look and I say, Father God, I've blown it. I've blown it in this area for the thousandth time. How many of you in here have ever said that, that I've blown it for the thousandth time? That's me. What are you doing preaching? I'm not perfect. I welcome the grace of God and I welcome the blood of Jesus. Watch this, verse 9. If, circle if, 
Let me help you with if. If if and buts were candy and nuts, what a Merry Christmas we'd have. Tweet that one. If we confess our sin, that's a choice. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood of the Lamb. One last passage. Revelations chapter 12. Turn to Revelations 12. And if you haven't shouted today, this is going to give you a good opportunity. This is going to give you an incredible opportunity. Revelations 12. Verse 7, and war broke out in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought. These are the good angels. And they fought with the dragon, the devil, and the dragon and his angels fought. Kind of why I told the story, how I sensed the collision. Verse 8, but they, the bad angels, the devil did not prevail nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil, and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Let, let, let me help you with that. He was given the boot. The devil and the fallen angels, which was a third of them, they were given the boot. Now you can do the math. If a third of them were booted, that tells me that two-thirds are still left with God. And notice what the Word of God said, that there was not a place in heaven for them, so God cast them to the earth. So the devil has a legal right to be here in the place of earth. In Ephesians 6, verse 12, it says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against all these yahoos. The devil and all his buddies. He was cast to earth. Then I heard a loud voice, not a quiet voice, a loud voice, saying, in heaven, now, now, salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. Salvation and the power and the authority of Jesus Christ have come. Not when we get to heaven, they've come right now. You know what that means? You can get born again right now. You walk in the authority of a believer, uh, Matthew 6, 19, every bit of that. Jesus said, I give you the keys of the kingdom. Now watch this, the end of verse 10. For the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night. So one of the definitions of Satan is he's the accuser. And day by day by day, he brings before God our charges. The accuser of the brethren. That means I'm born again. He goes after us. 
So it looks like this, that day by day, God goes before, the devil goes before God and he says, John is sin. He starts telling everything that John's done. John has done this, and he's done this, and he's done this. And God, the great judge, he cannot render a verdict except on the evidence and the testimony. And so day by day, he brings, he brings John's name up. But the end of verse 10 says, he's being cast down. And they, who's they? The brethren overcome him by the blood of the lamb. So listen what happens here. Anytime John repents of his sin, here's a picture for you. In heaven there's this massive chalkboard and it's got John's name on it and it's got a jillion tallies all of John's screw ups aren't you glad I'm picking on you John <laughs> but every time God, or John goes before Father God and John confesses his sin and said Father God I blew it I blew it. Our God, he takes his eraser. He just mows John's sin down. And then the accuser of the brethren, when he can't find any more sin on you, then he begins to search your bloodline. But John is going before the Father, and he said, Father God, I, I confess the iniquities of my fathers. So we're in a court of law and Father God, the heavenly judge, he's, he's listening to the testimony and the evidence and, and the devil, the yacker, yakety yak yak. He just keeps accusing, he keeps accusing and Father God says, bring in the star witness. And the Lord Jesus comes walking in. Father says, show me the evidence. And the Lord Jesus shows the nail prints. And then he takes his robe off. And he shows all the scars. And he shows the blood. And because of the evidence and the testimony that the blood still speaks today, Father God takes the heavenly gavel and goes, Forgiven. Forgiven. See, the blood, it silences every accusation of the enemy. The devil has no answer for the blood. 
because the blood comes and it literally severs the umbilical cord of sin to my present and it blesses my children for the future. Thank Pastor. We'll keep you around another week. Forget not my benefits. Don't forget my benefits. I'm the God who forgives your iniquities. So you know what I see all that? Many times as believers, we're living down here. When our Heavenly Father's saying, come on up a little higher. Come on up. Because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. I'm going to have you stand on your feet today. Woo, there's forgiveness and there's redemption in the blood of the Lamb. You bow your head right there where you're at. I ask you questions. Have I ever repented of my my iniquities and I'm, I'm not talking about just spitting out some words I'm, I'm talking about man there there is a heartfelt sorrow I, Father God I repent of that and I don't want to do that junk again but what about your family bloodline these, these iniquities they don't just evaporate they just don't go away but when I do them biblically, when I dress them like God says, that I'm just looking for ones that will obey my word and they'll acknowledge it, they'll recognize it, and they'll repent of it. And then they say, Father God, forgive me. And now, Lord Jesus, ooh, I welcome your blood. I welcome the blood of the Lamb. I welcome the blood. And Father God, because of the blood of Jesus, I no longer walk as a generational curse. I walk as a generational blessing. So you know what we're going to do? We're just going to obey the Bible. Wow, that's a novel idea. <laughs> Let's just obey the Bible. It's a brilliant revelation, Pastor. ask you to do today make a big choice whether that's you individually whether that's you as a man, woman married couples, families however you want to do it I welcome you to come and, and you're not making a statement to me but you're making a statement in the, in the heavenlies you're saying today they're stopping some things and, and some of you teenagers that are here today speak the blood over your life you speak the blood over your home and you watch what God's going to do so our team's getting ready to, to sing I welcome you to come down here confess worship and then man let's tear it up let's praise God okay go ahead thank you for listening today for more information please visit faithchurchlubbock.com